Hello and welcome to Players Anatomy. I'm your host, Charlie DeClean. I'm a physical therapist at Bell & Health Titletown Sports Medicine Orthopedics, a stone's throw away from iconic Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. On today's episode, we will cover news and notes from around the world, and we will also have our third-part interview with Dr. Bob Anderson. On today's conversation, we talk about his career journey to becoming a world-renowned ankle foot surgeon, but also uh, a ankle instability topic um, that, quite frankly, is, he feels, the future of how ankle and foot will be handled in sports. So stretch out, warm up, and get ready. This is Players Anatomy. News of the day. Uh, No major injury news from over the weekend. Uh, Main thing that a lot of people were talking about was really concussion protocol, seeing as Patrick Mahomes was cleared to come back. And I don't really look to speak to his personal experience, but more just my experience with the concussion protocol with patients. So anybody that has worked with athletes uh, with concussion at any level, whether it be high school, college, or pro, most protocols have a minimum of a three-part protocol. So you have, first and foremost, a cognitive test. So it is similar to like the IQ test and that you take that preseason and then following any head injury such as concussion. And really what we're looking to see is cognitively, can you get back to what you were before? Secondarily would be truly that you are saying you are symptom free as the patient. No headache, no blurred vision, no imbalance, no problems, problem solving or with your memory, making sure you feel you're back to normal. And then third and very important is the neurological exam by a physician. And this is really the physician making sure that everything looks right. And the reason why this is so important is that if you rush back, if you are not ready, if you don't have um, all of your boxes checked and you try to get back before you're 100%, you risk what's called second impact syndrome, which is truly getting another concussion before you recover from the first. And there's a lot of long-term effects um, and a lot of dangers with that. And that's why it's so important and there's so many hoops to jump through in a protocol. Our interview for today was with Dr. Bob Anderson. As I mentioned before, this is our last of our three-part series with him. Bob is a nationally renowned foot and ankle specialist right here at Bell & Health Titletown. Bob was an assistant team physician with the Carolina Panthers until 2017 and is now a team physician for the last three years with the Green Bay Packers. He is also the co-chair of the NFL's Musculoskeletal Committee, overseeing injuries and research for the league. Since joining the team here at Bell & Titletown, he's treated more than 300 VIPs, performing upwards of 150 surgeries on pro athletes from the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, and so much more. Our discussion today was really about his career journey and the overall treatment for subtle ankle instability. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Here is Bob Anderson. All right. Bob, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Charlie. Can you start by giving us a little background on your journey from growing up in Wisconsin that led you to become a team physician for both the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers? Well, that's a long journey. So I was a kid that grew up in the Milwaukee area and uh, happened to go to school down in Mississippi, then back to med school in Milwaukee, where I got to meet uh, Dr. Patrick McKenzie. And he and I have been close friends since our days at medical school. Um, Interestingly, I found my way back to Charlotte and developed my orthopedic foot and ankle practice there, having done a fellowship in foot and ankle in Milwaukee. Uh, in the interim and I got a phone call one day from Dr. McKenzie who is now the the new physician for the Green Bay Packers saying that he needed help with a turf toe injury and I had had some experience with turf toe injuries and sesamoid problems and uh, so we elected to proceed with surgical treatment on one of 
Dr. McKenzie's players, and fortunately it worked out well, and, and from that point on, it just continued to grow. I've been helping Dr. McKenzie with foot and ankle injuries um, since his time with the Packers, which is now getting up near 30 years. From my experiences with the Packers, it extended to taking care of other NFL uh, players with other teams, and then when the Carolina Panthers uh, came to the Charlotte area in 1995, I was named a foot and ankle consultant for them, and eventually went into the role of the assistant team physician with the Panthers in 99 and elected to retire from the Panthers after a, a great career and experience with them uh, in 2017, but quickly got recruited by Dr. McKenzie to come to Green Bay. Yeah, and now you're not only board certified, you're also fellowship trained in foot and ankle. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? I am. So a fellowship is where you extend your area of interest, so to say. You, you subspecialize in a certain field of orthopedic surgery. So most orthopedic surgeons, when they come out of residency, they're very gifted in taking care of general orthopedic problems. But if you want to really hone in your skills on a specific area of anatomy, so to say, uh, you can do a one or even a two-year fellowship. So back in the mid-80s, when I was looking to uh, develop a subspecialization, I actually did choose the foot and ankle, um, injuries below the knee, so to say. And at that time, fortunately, there was a fellowship in Milwaukee. There weren't many fellowships back in that time uh, like there are now. But So I was one of the uh, fortunate ones to get my training early, and then from there, even subspecialize further into sports foot and ankle. So what is it about the foot and ankle that made you want to specialize? Is this a joint you've always enjoyed, or what was it? Well, it's not a very attractive one, but it's, uh, it is an area of the body that's unique in that, you know, it's, it's, it's your wheels. And if you, if you have a flat tire, things don't move right. And so it's interesting how everything above our feet is basically hinges on, on the health of our feet, our ankles. You have to have good stability, good strength, the ability to push off. And um, we realized there were a lot of entities, issues, disorders, so to say, of the foot and ankle that really needed more sophisticated management, more research put into it. I think that's what interests me back in the 80s. And I've seen that subspecialty just literally explode over the last 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, it's what's interesting is, and obviously you've been you've been with us for about a year now, or almost actually a year and a half since formally treating here in Green Bay with us. And it's been crazy to see how many professional athletes and high level college athletes come from all over the country to see you. What is it about your practice patterns? your surgical techniques what do you think it is that makes so many people want to come see you well it's it's been definitely a bit humbling to to see guys make the trek to green bay it was when i was in charlotte obviously a little easier for people to get in and out with a bigger airport but um it's been quite uh, interesting to see the guys make their way here with complicated uh sport foot and ankle injuries um and i I believe it's at this point in my in my career, it's probably based on my experiences. Obviously, we've seen a lot of athletes over the years, a lot of different types of problems, and we've developed good protocols, so to say, on not only how to diagnose the issue they might have, but also how to treat it and get the best outcome. Um, it's certainly a team approach. I'm only one person in the process, and it is interesting that uh, I've only been in Green Bay now full time for the past year, but this is hard to believe. It's already my third season with the Green Bay Packers. And uh, during that time, uh, working with your department upstairs here at Titletown Sports Medicine, but also across the street with the gifted trainers and, and uh, rehab specialists over there, it's it's been a, a good marriage of how to identify these injuries and take care of them uh, with the, the best of quality. 
And when I was uh, looking kind of through kind of your history, kind of preparing for this and trying to come up with topics um, of what I think people would want to hear about, you know, one of the thoughts we came up with was kind of the history and the future of the ankle and foot relative to not only your practice, but also kind of the rehab and performance side of that. So it seems to me more and more we're hearing more in the, the media, Jones fracture, turf toe, Liz Frank, and then kind of the, the classic ankle sprain, the high ankle sprain. What are What is it about those things that you think become such hot topics in the media? Do you think part of it is because they don't understand them? I certainly think that's the case with something like turf toe. I think everybody looks at turf toe and say, oh, he just got a sprain of the big toe. Why is that guy not playing for several weeks? Um, I think we're more in tune now to the ligament injuries. You know, it's one thing to look at x-ray, see a broken bone. You go, okay, that's a broken bone. We need to fix it. He's going to be out a certain number of weeks. I think what we've found over the last many years, and maybe one of the reasons I see so many of these players coming in, is for more of the subtleties, the subtle ligament injuries, the, the turf toe. It's got a ligament injury. Does it need to be fixed, not need to be fixed? High ankle sprain, why is it not getting better? Um, the Lis Frank injury, the so-called midfoot sprain. Um, and, you know, these are injuries that just limit the athlete ability to perform and it comes down to an issue of why is it not getting better over a certain period of time and how to best manage it and uh, there are I just don't think that in fairness to the media obviously they don't have all the information at hand when they speculate on a a certain player's injury Uh, but again a lot of these injuries are very subtle and they aren't readily apparent when the injury first occurs and one of the things you said there that I'm hoping to expand on a little bit so I've heard you talk a lot about this because I work with you every day but the idea of a subtle instability in the ankle so when we're talking about ligaments which is obviously a huge problem for the ankle and the foot can you expand a little bit more what do you mean by a subtle instability in the ankle so when somebody has a significant injury, twisting injury, rotational injury, you guys will see the video, you'll, you know, the, the, the network will put up the slow motion and some of these look fairly gruesome, these twisting injuries and rotational injuries and, and ligaments fail under a certain amount of torque, so to say. Um, and so when ligaments fail, they can stretch, they can tear, they can rupture, they can be partial, they can be complete. And everyone one of them is different. So you have your so-called basketball injury, that what we call inversion ankle sprain, where you know it's injuries to the ligaments on the outside of the ankle, and we look at those as being week-to-week injuries. Then you have a high ankle sprain, which is more a rotational injury, which can involve not only the outside of the ankle, but also the inside as well as above the ankle. And so it's a much more difficult ligament injury to wrap your arms around because it's it's oftentimes appears to be stable on your exam so we talk about subtle injuries these are ones that aren't readily apparent just by testing the the athlete you may um, check their motion and you may you know shift their joints around if you can see that uh, one joint opens up as we say opens up significantly on one side compared to the other we say it's unstable if you put them under x-ray and you stress them and you see that the joint opens up and has a tilt to it then we say okay this is unstable but a lot of these injuries those imaging studies are actually normal and yet the person just isn't recovering. And again, you also have to understand it's very hard to get an exam on these big athletes when they're awake and they're trying to protect themselves from pain. So unfortunately, we oftentimes have to go to the operating room, put them under anesthesia, put an arthroscope in their joint to assess how unstable are they. And so when we say subtle instability, these are people who, when you just test them, they might appear stable, but they just aren't able to function through it. And when they're asleep, they show their their more um, low-level instability patterns. 
Yeah, and I, I, I tell people this all the time. I'll be in social settings. I'll get so many questions of, you know, why does it take so long to come back from something like this? I sprained my ankle when I was in high school, and a week later I was playing. And, you know, I always tell people it's, you have no idea at the professional level how much torque, how much power these guys are, are creating. But then also the contact of these sports of, you know, you also have to be prepared for somebody to be hitting that joint in certain sports, which obviously can can limit it a ton. Um, I know you talked a little bit about kind of the history, but where do you kind of see the future of kind of the foot and ankle care going? Well, I, I think the future's bright. Uh, I help serve on some of the NFL committees that are looking at foot and ankle injuries, and we can expound some of the knowledge we've gained through our research in the NFL uh, to other sports, other venues, other levels of, of athleticism. Uh, but what we're finding is that there is indeed an issue with surface cleat interaction. So as you mentioned, these torque-related injuries are increasing in all field sports, not just NFL football, but all field sports. And we believe there is some secret that we have to um, identify, some magic key, so to say, to open up this uh, issue of how to solve that cleat surface interaction, trying to get a cleat that releases under a certain amount of torque so we can prevent some of these ankle, foot, even ACL-type injuries. So I think in the future, you're going to see more research given to the field. I think more research given to the way shoe companies make cleats um, and how we build shoes and the flexibility of the shoe. So I think that as we go forward, I think research will serve an important part in limiting the foot and ankle injuries just because we're going to be able to build better products for these athletes. As we've always said, the shoe has always been considered to be part of the apparel when it's actually part of the protective equipment and we're trying to get that message out. So I think our surgical treatment intervention has advanced and will continue to advance, but I think research uh, behind why these injuries occur and how to prevent them before they ever occur is going to be the key. Oh, thank you. That was fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I, I know our listeners really appreciate having somebody with your expertise be able to kind of chime in on kind of where we're, we were been and where we're going. And I uh, really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Charlie. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Anderson. His journey is fascinating. Uh, as I mentioned before, this is the last of a three-part series with Dr. Anderson, so I really tried to make sure we spent a lot of time uh, to let him tell his story. Um, he, he truly has developed an amazing niche to become truly known as a world-renowned ankle foot surgeon, so I hope you enjoyed that. If you'd like some more information about Dr. Anderson, I included a link in the description of this episode below. Um, on that page, it has some written content about Dr. Anderson, but there's a video, um, a little question and answer with him that I think a lot of you would enjoy. So please take your time and follow the link below. Well, we're nearing the end of the episode of Players Anatomy. Thank you again for listening. If you'd like to hear us again, please hit subscribe. We have a lot of really good topics coming up in the future. And please tell a friend. We're trying to grow our following. Uh, we ran some recent stats, and, and we are more than pleased already with the success we've had with the episode. We've got people listening in the United Kingdom and Germany. And for whatever reason, even though I'm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, we found West Lake Stevens, Washington. So thank you to all that are listening, that we're truly catching people from all over the country and a little bit even overseas in Europe. So we uh, we hope to continue to grow this. To keep up with everything that's going here on at Bell & Health Title Town, or if you have a question for the today's guest or, to, or myself for the host, please just search Bell & Health Title Town on any social media platform and you will find us on there. 
So today we're going to end with Charlie's Cut, and finally, let's just take a minute. Um, really, what I want to talk about is I just want to, a common thing I hear a lot of people comparing is their experience with an injury to that of the player on their favorite team. And I, ref- uh, I referenced this in the interview with Bob uh, when we talked about, well, I've done this to my ankle. So, and my feedback is to each and every one of you is to try and understand what the sport they are playing demands. So, for example, if you had a groin injury and you're having a hard time understanding why the cornerback on your favorite team isn't able to play through it, please try to understand the position he plays. So a corner is going to sprint, backpedal, open up and rotate on every single play. And this is just not the same as you and I going out for a light jog. The demands and stress these athletes put on their body and the demands of the sports themselves is one, why I think there's so many injuries, but also two, the reason why it takes longer than you experience for them to get back. Well, thank you again for listening. I'm Charlotte Clean, and we'll see you next time on Players Anatomy.